angels that surround us right now as messengers delivering out the word. Thank you, Father, for covering us tonight. Thank you, God. We're so thankful. Thank you, thank you. Oh, he's so good, you guys. He's so good. Turn to the person next to you and just say, did you know that Jesus loves you? Turn to your other neighbor and say, has anybody told you today that Jesus loves you and has a plan for you? <laughs> turn, turn back to the first person and say, Jesus changed my life. I know he wants to change yours. <laughs> it's just that easy. Do we have any testimonies of someone telling somebody that this week? Anybody at all? Did anybody tell somebody that Jesus loves them this week? Just raise your hand. You did? What happened? You got to speak up. Doesn't have to yet. Come on. So you did it in Starbucks? I love it. Didn't break out yet. Got a seed planted. Planted a seed. Who else? What happened? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is about him. Who else did it? Come on. What happened? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I'm going to tell the principal tomorrow. <laughs> Who else? Somebody over here? Listen, yes, go ahead. Come on. <laughs> Come on. So good. <laughs> I, uh, I told somebody at Sprouts yesterday, I almost walked right by her and I thought, no, no, I'm, I'm, this is not going to be normal until I choose to make it normal. And so <laughs> she gave me this look of like, where did you come from? And <laughs> we, do you want your receipt or not? <laughs> I was like, no, that's good. Have a great day. It doesn't have to land. This isn't about you. This is about planting seeds. You weren't here last week. Some of you guys weren't here last week, but I love seeing you now. Um, I, I said, listen, you guys, this season, there's two things I felt really strongly the Lord's taken us into. It, it might be the only season forever. I don't know. But creating a church that attracts his presence. And dang it, we're, we're winning. <laughs> and the other one was that there's a harvest and we need to begin to see it happen. And the only way that we get to see a harvest is we begin to walk forward in what he's talking about and what he's doing. So, and I, Lord help me, nobody better here, I'm not a good Christian if I don't start doing this. 
It's not about that, all right? So if I can just diffuse that. But I used to not challenge people to do this because I was afraid they feel that way. Now I'm like, I don't care. If you still feel that way after you're telling you not to feel that way, then the Lord's doing a good work in your heart. Um, some, you know, Hawkins, you said the other day, like, what if I don't tell them that? What if I just love on them and do something kind for them? That's beautiful too. One thing um, Andrew said, this isn't the message, but I'm just going to hit this a little bit every time I get up here. And Andrew said, I've been listening to, honestly, his, his message, Andrew is an um, uh, evangelist from Australia, came here about two weeks ago. If you haven't heard it, it's really good. It's really good. But he said a few things that just keeps going over in my mind. One of the things he said is, we can all listen for the need. We can all listen for the need. And so you just say, how are you doing? And, and you know what? You carry, you carry the presence of God. You, you know, revival didn't break out, but revival walked into Starbucks. His name's Tim. And as long as I've known you, you are the person of revival. And so, <laughs> what's my point? My point is that when you, when you, as soon as you begin to get in front of someone and you, you start to interact with them, something is going to start, they're going to start sharing something with you. I talked to a girl, she works, um, she works at a clothing line, I, I, it doesn't matter, I don't know if she's here or not, but, and, and she was saying, she goes, Jesse, I keep, I keep helping these women buy clothes, and again and again, they just start crying and giving me hugs, and I was like, <laughs> and then she's, I'm like, okay, she goes, what do I do? They just start holding me, and I'm just like holding them, and they're crying with me in the, in the dressing room, and sharing their heart and their life with them. That is what's going to, that just naturally happens. Oh, she is back here. Little shimmy, I love you. She shared testimony about the car thing. But, but it's, it's not, I, I thought about not saying her name because it doesn't matter who it is. You carry, carry this love of God. It's clear. I know most, I've sat down with most of you guys. You're all just incredible. You make me just nervous. Like, like the Lord's just going to break out right there. You already have everything you need. And so now just, just begin to listen for the need. And then when you hear it, because they're going to tell you. Why? Because the world is hurting. And they're looking for somebody that carries that thing. We know it's Jesus. They think it's some light or it's just there's something about you. <laughs> Susan, you're the same way. That happened to you this week. But you just listen for the need and then you pounce on it. And then that's when, that's when you know, oh, I've got her. I've got him. And you say, hey, can I just, can I pray for that right now? I just believe God wants to do something powerful. You don't know if they believe in God. They nobody brought Jesus up. Nobody said prayer before that. They just started telling you this, this, I need a car. My wife left me. My daughter's having a hard time, whatever. And all you have to do is do what you would normally do if I shared this with you. Can I pray with you? Right? All right, that's my soapbox. Good? All right, next week, I'm preaching again. <laughs> and this isn't like, you better come with a testimony, because that went ahead too. This is just like, we're becoming the hands and the feet of Jesus. We are becoming this thing, right? Don't ever feel bad about it. I don't. And Lord, help me, I've failed more than a lot of us. 
but I'm becoming more and more like the one I see him. All right. I don't care what the subject. I'll just start preaching. Okay. Um, turn to Luke 18. If you have your Bibles. I don't, I, if, um, if you can get on the screen, that's great. We're going to read a little bit of scripture out of Luke. Um, I'm in the ESV. All right. All right. How you guys doing? I like those declarations. Maybe I make, do I make the, back, should I change the background though so it's not as blinding? <laughs> oh, I was just thinking, if that doesn't mean want to give, I don't know what does. <laughs> like, yes, Lord, my offering will kill, we'll do that. Okay. Um, all right, I want, I want to, today I, just, I felt, I've been just surrounded by a lot of fun things that God's been doing. I'm going to share some testimonies, but I just, I'm, I'm captured by this, uh, by prayer. I've been captured by prayer for, for months now, and I don't know that every message needs to be about prayer, but I just, I, I have just been blessed so much thinking and meditating on prayer. It's changed my life. I just got around Joan, and I think everything's changing. Um, just get to pray with her on Monday mornings. By the way, somebody mentioned they did not know there was prayer on Monday mornings, so I will say it again. There is prayer Monday mornings, 7 to 9 a.m., uh, at, um, at um, uh, Pacific Point Church in Costa Mesa. If you don't live in Costa Mesa, I don't blame you for not driving for 30 minutes in the morning. But if you're in the area, please come. It's fiery. It's changing my life. And I pray it would change yours. Um, but that's at 7 to 9. You can come at 8 if you want, if you're, if you're not quite at that level yet. But, uh, or if you leave a leave at 8, come at 7, leave at 8. All right. All right. Um, well, let's just read and then I'll, I'll jump in. Um, Luke 18. This is a parable on prayer. Jesus is, is talking to his disciples. And it says this. Now he was telling them a parable to show them, to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart. Say, don't lose heart. Say it again. All right, I got half of you. I got the other half. Verse 2, saying, in a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. And there was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him, saying, Give me legal protection from my opponent. And for a while, he was unwilling. But afterward, he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God, nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. Say, wear me out. Ha! And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. So Jesus is saying this to them. Now will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. Say quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? I find it fascinating. I think I've said this before. That the disciples never asked Jesus. Of all the things they asked him, they never asked him teach us how to preach. They never asked him, teach us how to heal the sick. They didn't ask him, how do I uh, walk on water? I don't know. The one thing that they said, Lord, would you teach us is how to pray. Why do you think they asked him that? Because they saw the life that he lived and they were wondering, how are you praying to get all of that? Do your prayer life 
your prayer life, and I don't, I don't, when I hear, hear me, I don't just talk about, I'm talking about like 8 in the morning, 7 in the morning. I just mean your life, throughout the day, all that stuff. It's your, your conversation with God is, is one of the greatest indicators of your relationship with Him. It is just one of the greatest. I, I, is it Ian Bounds? Ian Bounds said this, it is the business of man to pray. It is the business of man to pray. It is, if we had an occupation as a Christian, it would be to pray. That's it. Why? Because when you begin to pray, you begin to interact with the Father. You begin to talk with Him, converse with Him. And it's really hard, it's really hard to misunderstand someone that you've been having a conversation with for the last 20 years. Does that make sense? But how often do we misunderstand what he's doing in our life? Lord, I thought we were doing this, and now my car's broken. Lord, I thought you said um, the uh, uh, plans to prosper me. My bank account has $100. Where did it go? I don't get it. But if, but if you know him, if you know his nature and what he's like, that stuff doesn't worry you. I think what was important with this, with this parable is that, the, is that Jesus, the Lord, was, was giving, he was telling the disciples, he was comparing his disciples what the Father was like versus what this unjust judge was like. And it's like he was saying, listen, this is an unjust judge who doesn't fear God. Listen, how much more your Father in heaven wants to answer all your prayers? But he's saying, this guy, this guy had to be bothered again and again. And finally he said, Fine. I'll do it. And, and Jesus is saying, listen, but what he's saying is this is, he's, he's describing the nature of the Father. What's the Father like? I've got notes too. <laughs> I, I love what he said about this starts off. Now he was telling them a parable to show them that all times, say all times. Can't miss these little things. All times. They ought to pray and not lose heart. Now, Jesus didn't say, don't, listen, if you don't pray, it's okay. He, he, he was pastoral, but he, he didn't, um, was that a sneeze? <laughs> Some people sneeze way cuter than me, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he, he, Jesus was not afraid to say, you ought to pray, Right? Of course, they didn't have a bunch of pastoral hurts back then. They probably had Pharisee hurts, though, right? <laughs> but he said, you ought to pray and not to lose heart. I, I think it's important. I, I think the Lord was saying this. He says, listen, it's really good to pray. It's really good to pray. It's, it's, it's an important part. It is your faith. By the way, the story is about faith. He says, will he find faith on earth? The, the story is about the faith of, of, a, of, of, a, of a widow that, that just knew that she had faith. She knew this was going to happen. She knew it, so she kept going. It's about faith. It's about prayer. It's about faith. But what I love is it's not just faith. I, I love it. I, actually, I heard this. It says, faith is what brings answers to prayer. But enduring faith brings answers with character. Enduring faith, faith that does not give up. Faith alone is like, I know it's going to happen. I live my life. But, but, but when something doesn't quite land, do we give up? See, what the Lord is really trying to, he's not, the Lord's not just trying to answer all your requests. He, he's, trying to, he's trying to build you into a strong tower. He's trying to build deep roots in you. He's trying to make an oak tree out of you. 
one that stands through anything. Why? Because there's a mission out there, and it's going to get ugly. So you, you need roots. You need enduring faith. You need prayer that does not lose heart. I know it's simple, but it just, it, it impacts me so much. Because, dang it, I don't know about you guys, but there's always something. I love this idea that, let me, actually, let me just jump into this. Colossians 3.1. You guys good still? Sometimes I dream about having a keyboard player behind me. It's like Michael Cullianos being like, like, Justin, please keep going. Or <laughs> Colossians. Help me out. Where is it? Just kidding. Colossians 3.1. There it is. It says this, therefore, if you have been raised up, say raised up, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind, say mind, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Come on, let me just, can I, can I read that again? I want you to recognize, as I read this, I want you to recognize where are you? Where is your life? Where is, where, where is your position right now? I, I know you, I see you here, but this is where you are in the spirit. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, you've been raised up seeking the things above. Keep seeking things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. See, we, li- we don't live from, from in, in the earthly realm. We don't walk around looking at problems as if we are Joe Schmo, Jesse, walking around in Costa Mesa. We walk around living as if we are seated in heavenly places, hidden in Christ. And what's that mean? It, it, it means that I am so aware of my surroundings, of what God has done for me, given me. It's my identity. It's, my, it's his nature that I am hidden in. And so that everywhere I go, I walk into Starbucks. I don't care what their agendas is or whatever. Like some people say, oh, I don't want you at Starbucks. They're, they're this and that. I'm like, you know what? As soon as I walk into that place, the kingdom of heaven has come in. As soon as I rent that, that, uh, that rental car, kingdom of heaven has come in. And that's not just cool thing like when I pray for you to get the kingdom. That's my mindset, my belief set, the way I pray. The way I pray and not lose heart is all because I am more aware of this reality than I am of that reality. Does that make sense? You, you do. Michelle, you absolutely sh- sh- <laughs> shift atmospheres. Ah, uh, okay, so it, but you will always, I don't know who said this, but I love it, you will, you will always manifest the reality that you are most aware of. 
You will always manifest. You will always act out the atmosphere, the reality that you are aware of. And so this is why the whole praying continuously comes in very handy. Because when you're always aware of his presence, Bill used to say it this way, Bill Johnson, he says, how would you walk if you had a dove on your shoulder? Very carefully. Right? Why? Because I've got, I've got the Holy Spirit walking with me. And so I'm always very careful. I'm always very aware that I have the Holy Spirit walking with me. Come on, you guys. This is good. Oh, this makes me happy. So there was um, a, a, oh, we're good on time. Yay, I can share some stories. So um, I don't think I share this. You guys, I told you about Max, right? Okay, I, some of you guys weren't here. So I, I went out to lunch or dinner with, um, uh, with my friend, um, I'm his name, Andrew, uh, who's the evangelist that came and, and shared. And we went out, to, we went out to dinner, and I've been out to coffee with him a few times over the few years. There has not been one time when he did not tell the person, has anybody told you Jesus loves you? Or some form of that. In fact, even as we left, <laughs> we're leaving this taco stand down the street. And there are full on these two, like, picture the two most goth, um, like, satanic worshipers you've ever seen. Uh, I mean, just like makeup, dark eyes, um, the, sw- the pentagons on your bag, all of it. Pentagon, is that what it was? That's right, right? Pentagons. Did I say Pentagon? <laughs> Penta meaning five, okay? That's all you have to know. And so, <laughs> and so we're walking out, and I, I noticed these two instantly, right? And um, I could feel the spirit change. No, I'm not like that. Some of you all are. I'm not. I was eating tacos. And so we, we leave, and, and, and I'm like, Oh, man, those guys are different, right? I'm like, geez, they need Jesus. I start to walk towards the door. Andrew starts to walk towards them. And I'm like, oh, this will be interesting. What's going to happen? I get my popcorn out. You know, I'm like, you know that I'm talking about, right? You're like, somebody else does something that you would never do, but you're not going to miss this, right? Anyway, you got to hang out with people that make you feel a little bit nervous, all right? And so... uh, So he just starts telling them, hey, I just kind of started to bother you guys. I just want to tell you guys both that Jesus absolutely loves you guys. And, I, and he said a couple other things, and they gave us a very kind look. And then we, we left. <laughs> and he, it, what was cool about him, he's just like, it's so weird. I had a vision of those two exactly yesterday. So I know, I'm like, whoa. I also was eating tacos. No. <laughs> but Lord, give me visions like that. And if that, if that little point stirred you up, you're like, wow, that's cool. I wish that was me. Begin to ask him for that. When we share testimonies, these testimonies are not for the one person. It's to get all of us a little more hungry. So, so uh, longer story than I want it to be, but that was a fun part. Okay, so... So we walk in, we share it with Jesus with the guy, the kid, 22-year-old kid behind the register. He's like, thank you, thank you. He goes to sit down. This kid comes around. He says, 40 minutes later, he says, can I interrupt you? And um, why did you say that? Did you say that to everybody or did you say it to me? Was I special somehow? Like, what was that about over there? It's like he couldn't stop thinking about it. He says, you know, right before you guys came in, I had stepped away from the register, and I was thinking about a problem, and I just happened to say what I don't normally say, Lord, would you help me? And then you guys walked in and said, Jesus. That's pretty cool. 
So in that moment, Andrew's like, you should get his number. He's local. I'm like, yeah, give me your number. I'll text you. And so I get home, and I'm like, I should text him. Let's go. And so I just text him. Hey, what's Max? So good to meet you today. I want to let you know I was so great to meet you. And then he texts back, yeah, it was great. The next morning I said, do you work? I mean, do you work all the time? How often do you work? Where do you live? Like, oh, I live in Costa Mesa. Yeah, I work all the time. Do you go to school? Just a little small talk. And in that moment, I was thinking to myself, what do I do now? I've got, I've got this kid that's clearly hungry for the Lord. He's on my phone. He's, we're doing the Gen Z texting thing. You know, that's the only way we like to communicate. But, and so I'm, <laughs> and I'm, and I'm like, I got this. What's, what do we do? And I could not imagine what to do. I was like, well, God, do I invite him to church? No, that's a little, that's a little forward. Well, do I invite him to a Bible study? I'm like, well, what Bible study? I'm like, well, do I have him a home group? Like, I don't know if he'd feel comfortable. I had all of these realities flooding through my head in that moment. You know what I'm talking about? I had all these competing realities. I had the nature of, of Jesse's limitations running through my head. I had the nature of what world's going to think. I had the nature of what's he going to think. The one thing I didn't say was, Max, can I just say, can we just get together like tonight? I just want to tell you about Jesus because he's changed my life and I know he'll change yours. And my point in sharing the story is you will manifest the reality that you are most aware of, that you're most used to. The most, you're most comfortable with. You might manifest an uncomfortable reality that, that your pastor told you to do every once in a while. But you're, we're all going to go right back to that place where we've allowed ourselves to hang out in. Does that make sense? So, I mean, I, I, that was my story. That's me vulnerably saying I didn't know what to do. And it's a little vulnerable because I'm a pastor. I should know. And so I've been praying, Lord... You have to, would you teach me? Would you teach me not just what to say, but teach me about what I have. Teach me about this Jesus that, that I've been walking with that, that radically can change someone's life in an instant. So much so that I cannot wait to tell this person I got his number. I, I, want, I want to be like that person that just got a girl's number. It's like, do I text her now or like now? Like, do I, do I wait? I'm supposed to wait five minutes. Do I text? I don't want to be too, I don't want to be, right? You know, <laughs> I haven't dated in a while, but I'm guessing that's still a thing. <laughs> Actually, I didn't start texting until I met Jessica. That's old I am. <laughs> I saw that look, dude. <laughs> Seriously, I am that old. Um, I literally bought a phone that had a little, little QWERTY keyboard just so I could text her more. Because um, the one, two, three thing was killing me. Um, I had a flip phone. Um, what is the reality you're more aware of? When we, um, can I tell you another story? I'm going to anyway. So uh, we, were, we, we launched the church at the Mansion nightclub, right? Some of you guys were there maybe. Some of you guys weren't. And, um, and, and so we, uh, I, remember, I remember meeting some of the managers over the, the two and a half years we were there. And I remember after about six, seven months we were there, one of the managers took me aside and said, hey, uh, I got a question for you. I'm like, yeah, what's going on, man? He goes, do you guys, um, do you guys do exorcisms? And I was like, uh, why? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to share too much quite yet. And he goes, well, 
this place is haunted. I'm like, what? Sorry, I lost my voice. We had two soccer games. I am not a quiet father. Um, <laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> and, um, and, and so I, he just starts to tell me, he says, well, every time, I tell you what, half our managers won't even walk into the main room if the lights are not on. They won't go in it. I said, why? What's going on? He says, we're all, many of us have heard laughter from the rafters at night. I'm like, that's messed up. He's like, yeah, some of us have even seen things up there. One, I'm like, I'm not surprised. Story checks out. I know what you guys do here on Friday nights and Saturday nights. So he's like, can you help us? So I, I, I think I gave him the number to somebody. Like, I don't do exorcism. Um, but how many of you guys know, like, I, from day one to the last day we're in that building, never once did I walk in that building like this. Coast clear. Oh, David. All right. Got to marry you. <laughs> Never once did we like, okay, now open the door. No, you know, like we didn't do that. We didn't like, our prayer team didn't really, we didn't have a prayer team really. We just got up there and went for it. Why? Because we just knew who we were, what we carried, Right? There were so many angel encounters in that place, blind eyes opening, like the spirit of the Lord. Like, it doesn't surprise me what we had today because that was our history. Because that's, that's what we start. And it's just, it, it's just who we were. And, I, and there would be Christians, and I'm not to bag on them, but they'd be like, so like, you guys must really pray before you start service every time, huh? And I want to be like, yep, we're really good at that. No, we were horrible at it. We just did it. You guys, our pre-service prayer meeting where we figured out, you know, like, who was going to be the preaching and ministry time, it was in this little green room by the side that literally reeked of pot. It was, it was the most anti-God place I've ever been in. One time they said they had a shooting the night before, but nobody really found out about it. Well, let's do church. Let's do this. Come on now. the breakthrough will come when you're more impressed by the size of God than the size of the problem. As long as you're still impressed by the issues in the, that you're walking through, it's going to be really hard for you to be a Christian. I don't mean just walk through life. I mean, it's tough being a Christian when you're more aware of the things coming against you. This... this she said it publicly, so I'll share it again. Shamalka was telling me, she's like, I'm just, I'm running out of money because you bought a Mercedes. No, um, <laughs> she, she, goes, she goes, I'm running out of money. I only have $100 in my account. So I decided to get my nails done. You know, not let her down. That she was just like, well, I think I'll get my nails done. And within hours, within a day or so, she had a new business idea <laughs> that tripled her account. Again, I, I, it's, it's, how do you react when you're down to your last $40, $60? I know how I react, and I'm, I'm trying to learn. But it's real. Like, it's being a Christian, this stuff's real. How do you react when you get bad news from a doctor? Some of you guys are amazing. You're just like... 
I don't believe that for a minute. So practically, um, practically just a few things we can do. And David, can, when you get a chance, and I got a bit in your hand, can, can we get the worship team up here and we'll just kind of free, front load that a little bit because I want to get back to worship a little bit. I'll share this real quick. So there's, there's, a, there's a few things I want to hit, but I want to share one more story. You guys know who Seth and Lauren um, Dahl are? They're, um, he was a kid's pastor of Bethel. He actually came back and helped us a little bit with our kids' church. But he's just a great man of God. He, does, he works with, basically his, his, his ministry is to parents. Him and his wife moved from, uh, well, from Reading down to Austin, and then from Austin to Florida. And in Florida, they moved to a 60-acre plot of land. Well, that's pretty cool. And this old, this old farmhouse and, um, and, and a barn. They moved in, and they were all excited until their, um, until their, their daughter took a, apparently an hour-long shower. This is on his Instagram channel I was watching yesterday. His, his, his daughter took an hour-long shower, and what they found out was that the water after that hour had seeped all the way through the floors and began to drip down to the second, to the first floor. And what they actually found was that there was mold all throughout the house and in all the air systems. And so they had to move out of said new house that they just moved into. It wasn't new, but it was an old farmhouse. They had to move out, and they moved into an RV, the five of them, and the exchange student that was living with them in an RV parked inside their barn. And what I loved is they said this. You guys might think this was really hard and really bad, but the Lord told us that from now on, we were not allowed to, we were allowed to think only one thing, that nothing was being done to us, but for us. And that was such a cool reality. That no matter what happens, it's being done for me and not to me. Lord, how can you let this happen to me? God, this car, it's the only car I have. I don't have, I can't have money to get fixed. How come it's broken? How could you let this happen to me? What if it was happening for you? What if all this stuff was actually becoming fuel? What if this stuff was like water for your root system to go deep? Right? Listen, you can have it either way. Like my kids, you choose and I'm going to give it to you. My poor son, he said, you want to stop screaming or do you want to have no snacks? No snacks. I'm like, okay. 30 seconds later, I want snacks. I want snacks. But we're good parents and he got no snacks, okay? Listen, I wouldn't be worth it by spit with as a parent. I didn't hold my word. You get to choose your reality. Listen, my mind's just going through all the things that you guys have told me you're frustrated with and struggling with. And every one of those things that I've heard has everything to do with your reality. Start playing. Why don't you stand? It's going to go into work. I'm going to, I might pray for you later, but I just, a couple of practicals. Because I just got to have practical. That's just a great concept. What do I do, Jesse? How do I get a reality? How do I shift my reality like this? The number one thing I can just think of at right off the bat is worship. Worship and praise. 
I said last week, I thought the Lord said, do not turn to the right or to the left. When we worship, you become singular. When you turn to the left and to the right, you're looking for options. You're looking for something else that might save you maybe quicker than God is. Because he's taken a little too long. And so worship is such a beautiful thing. So worship at home, worship in your car, but worship, really go for it. The other thing is pray. Your prayer life, how you pray, will reveal who you spend more time with, God or yourself. I'm not impressed with the way I think. I'm not impressed with the way I parent. I'm not impressed with a lot of things. But when I, when I get, when I start acting like him, oh man, I am, I am just blown away, blown away at, at just how things fill with joy, put off all my heaviness. How can I do that? By focusing on him. Yeah? Father, I pray right now, I pray for everyone here. I pray our worship becomes singular. I pray our, our praise becomes one way all the way up to heaven, God. I pray all of our circumstances, God, become cloaked, become covered in your goodness. Lord, your goodness, your faithfulness, your, your victory, your strength, your courage, your wonderful presence is a better reality than any reality I've been in lately. If that's your prayer, just begin to tell him, Father, I want your reality. This isn't my